Well, today we are entering into our second part of our message series, and it's called Strength Finder. And uh, we're talking about how God has gifted you, how he has put strengths inside of you. You are gifted. Now, okay then, what are your strengths? And we started to ask a little bit about that last week. We, we kind of asked some questions that maybe helped you to think a little bit about what your strengths might be and where they may come from. But the key we're looking at today is to deploy them, to use your strengths. That's what we're going to focus on today. I was uh, picked up an article a little while ago that showed that the British Army was trying to up their recruitment, especially of millennials. And uh, their, their numbers were dropping, and they thought, let's target millennials to try to see if, if we can sort of give them uh, a, a purpose and a place. And the way that they did that, the way that they targeted ages 16 to 25, uh, was that they were telling them that you can have a job with purpose. And they designed a series of promotional posters, and here are, here are a few of them. Uh, right there in front of you. And they were designed to make an impression. They were designed to catch the attention of those millennials. And the impression starts with an insult of all things. So here are the posters. And, and uh, the, one of the posters is about the me, me, me millennials. And in each of the posters, there's this shift to say, okay, well, you might be one of those me, me, me millennials, but we need you. We need your self-belief. Another one. Uh, for binge gamers. Uh, we, we need you. We need you and your drive. One was for phone zombies. Uh, we need you and your focus. One was for snowflakes. You know, people who are like, like really sensitive and can easily get crushed and say, we need your compassion. In other words, they were taking a look at that generation and say, what are your strengths that sometimes other people might sort of see as weaknesses or see as vulnerabilities. And of course, it was pretty controversial. Some people said, why in the world would you try to recruit somebody by insulting them, right? But then others said, you know, we think that it's going to really resonate with people because they think that what their strength is is useless or they think their strength is something that's overlooked. We're telling them we can use your strength we can deploy it for a higher purpose, for a higher calling. And I thought that, that so resonated with me as I think about that's what God wants to do in your life as well. He wants to use your strength that you might think is not much of a strength at all. You might think that uh, what you're good at, what you're talented at, what you're gifted at, you might think that it's not as, uh, you're not as gifted as other people. But God can use that. God can deploy that. God can use it for his higher purpose. That's what we're learning about today. And though I don't condone insults, even to millennials, uh, it does lead me to a question. Have you found your bigger sense of purpose yet? And wouldn't it be fantastic to apply your strengths to do something meaningful? And there's a word today that kind of encapsulates how to find and how to use and connect to that higher purpose, and that is serve. And anytime I think about that word serve, I think about Jesus, because Jesus embodied what it means to serve. And there's no story, I don't think, in the life of Jesus that embodies it more 
then in John chapter 13, so if you have your Bibles or if you have your version app with you right now, take a look at John chapter 13, and we'll read a couple of verses there that speak about this monumental example of service from Jesus' life. So this is what it says, beginning in chapter 13, verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, that he had come from God, and that he would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. And this is called the foot washing, right? Jesus washes the feet of his disciples one by one. And this idea of foot washing, this act of foot washing, it, it, it radiates outward into the rest of the Bible. It, it radiates back into to our whole idea of what baptism's all about. If you keep on reading this passage, you'll see that Jesus is talking about, uh, connects to baptism, where he talks about washing people and cleansing them, right? The very act of using water reminds us of baptism. It connects to the Lord's Supper. And if you read through this gospel as well as the other gospels, you'll see that the foot washing replaces the Lord's Supper in the gospel of John. And if you keep on reading, you'll see that some of the things Jesus said about the foot washing uh, are like acts of uh, words of institution, saying, you should do this. You should do this regularly, just like you, you do the Lord's Supper, just like you remember me. And then not only that, but you'll see two other scenes in Jesus' life that remind you of foot washing. Like in, in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 50, there is this sinful woman that comes and anoints Jesus' feet. She cries over him with her tears, and she, she dries his feet with her hair. It's this beautiful act of intimacy, this foot washing that she does and in, in anticipation of Jesus' death. Uh, and then in John chapter 12, verses 1 to 8, so just a chapter before John 13, you see Mary who pours expensive perfume on Jesus' feet. She dries it with her tears. This was at a banquet. And so there are all of these connections that radiate out through the scriptures about foot washing and how important that it is. It's an act of intimacy. It's a, it's a very personal act. And it has deep, deep meaning that even extends to the cleansing of your soul, the cleaning of your life, the forgiveness of your heart. But after layers of misunderstanding, after Jesus washes their feet, there's, there's all these misunderstandings that happen with his disciples. Jesus explains to them why he washed their feet. And so that's found in verses 14 and 15. And so Jesus explains, he says, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. And then verse 15, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Jesus is the most incredible servant. He embodies what it means to serve. Now, that word serve, when you hear that word, uh, how does it strike you? Is, is that a word that, that you say, yeah, that's something that I want to aspire to? Is it a word that when you hear it, that you say, yeah, like, that's an attractive word? 
That's what I want my life to be all about. I want you to know this. Jesus was the perfect servant. He is like the master of serving. He is the rabbi of serving. And not only did he live it out like in this story, but Jesus taught about it often. There are a few places in the scriptures where, where it speaks about Jesus as servant. If you, if you peel all the way back to the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah spoke in anticipation of Jesus, and uh, he, he spoke of Jesus as a servant. But look at some of the things that Jesus said. Some of his words, Matthew 20, verse 27, he said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Mark 9, 35, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. And then a treasured verse, Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So now let's learn from Jesus, the perfect servant, how do you serve your community? The first way we see in the foot washing is this. You serve in the most common, everyday ways. That's exactly what Jesus did. In Jesus' day, it was just a matter of personal hygiene that you washed your dusty feet when you came in. You had to wash your feet. It was personal hygiene. It was, it was something common. It was every day. It wasn't taken for granted, but it was so common. It was very practical. And so don't overlook that. When you're looking at, okay, yeah, I want my life to be all about my serve. I want it to be about serving. Don't forget this. It's not in like the spectacular, unusual acts or places where you serve, but it's in the common, the everyday places. Don't overlook the everyday. And so I want you to ask some questions of yourself in order to get at how can I serve in everyday ways. What do you do every day? You see, sometimes we just sort of take it for granted and we don't think about that. But those are the places. Those are the things that we're doing where there's opportunities to serve. What do you do every day? Where do you go every day? And who do you see every day? Answering these questions, it'll become like a starting point to finding your place to serve. That's where to use God's gifts that he puts inside of you. So our rabbi... Our perfect rabbi, Jesus, shows, serve in the most common, everyday ways. Next, serve in the most unexpected ways. The most unexpected ways. Jesus washing his disciples' feet, it totally blew them off of their feet. They, they, they couldn't hardly understand, why are you doing this? You shouldn't be doing this. It surprised them. It shocked them. And that, in that way, became one of the most valuable lessons, I think, that they ever learned because they were totally surprised by it. It was the reason, one of the reasons that it surprised them so much is it was a reversal of status. Jesus was their rabbi. He was up on a pedestal for them. And for them, somebody who was a lowly servant, even a slave, they would be the ones to wash the feet. So Jesus, on the pedestal, gets off of the pedestal, and he switches places, and he surprises them. This is this unexpected act of service. And that's what serving does. I want to tell you, if, if you're going to get out there and serve in the name of Jesus, it's going to disturb things. It disturbs the order of things. It turns things upside down. 
And one of the reasons that it does is that you go into places with humility as the, your most powerful witness. Jesus' humidity, humility is like off the charts here today. But when we think about how, how Jesus, he takes off of his clothing, he lays aside his clothes, and he actually wears a towel. I want you to think about that for a moment. Jesus made a towel his clothing. He so identifies with, with serving that he says, I'm going to wear it. That's what, it, that's what it, I'm going to wear, this symbol of service. Nothing was beneath Jesus, doesn't seem. And Jesus then goes on. If you keep on reading this passage, you'll see that Jesus says, well, a servant's not greater than his master, so you better be out there doing that too. One of the barriers to serving is that we can... Well, a few things. We can get caught up in appearances, right? We can think, uh, you know, if I do that, how are people going to see me? Jesus didn't care about that in the least. Or, okay, I, you know, there's something inside of us sometimes that says, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to serve, but, you know, not amongst, uh, I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to minister among these people. As soon as you do that, you're stepping out of the character of Jesus, because Jesus says, nah, like, I don't care what the world thinks. I don't care what the appearances are. I'm just going to serve those in need. And that can appear as being so unexpected. Rabbi Jesus shows us how when we serve in unexpected ways, it disarms people. And it makes room for the Holy Spirit to do work in their hearts. Rabbi Jesus says, serve in the most unexpected ways. And then Jesus shows us by his life and even by his example here in this story that you serve in the most redemptive ways. What's Jesus trying to do? What's he trying to show through this story, through this action of washing their feet? Well, of course, he's trying to show them that the, the whole key of your life has to be to serve others. But don't miss that he is washing them with water. Don't miss the conversations around the misunderstanding that Jesus wants to rescue us and to clean us up. It is also a symbol of the forgiving cleansing of Jesus. Jesus washes us. And in fact, this, the whole goal of Jesus washing their feet was to show them that his whole mission in coming here is to rescue them. That the purpose of your service, so if you're going to get out there and you're going to let your life be all about serving, then you got to remember that you are serving not because you're putting on a show. Not, you're not doing it because you have to. You're not doing it for reward. You are doing it to point people, to lead people to Jesus. You need to know the why of your service. The, the why why Jesus served his whole life long, every day, why he served people by healing them and teaching them and loving them and showing compassion to them is so that they would open up their hearts to him and they would receive him. They'd let him lead their lives. That is why you serve too. Let the goal of your service to be redemptive. In other words, that you realize that you're just, you're just a piece 
of, of the puzzle. You're just an instrument in God's hands to lead people to Jesus so that they can experience his life-giving spirit, so they can experience the, the freeing power of Jesus. That is why you serve. That's your calling, to share your faith as you serve. Jesus, who laid down his life for the world. And that's what Rabbi Jesus shows you. I, I don't think we can miss this one, that the perfect servant, the Lord Jesus, shows us how to serve in the most personal ways. Uh, like so many, uh, so many stories in the life of Jesus, he's touching people. Right? This is a very personal, intimate act of touching someone's feet. And I bet you there's some people out there like, you don't want your feet to be touched, right? <laughs> you know, you might even have a thing about that because it's so close, right? It's so intimate. And Jesus is showing us that's what service has to You have to connect with people personally. You have to get close. You have to be in proximity to people. Jesus is always about rescuing people. He's about people. He's, he's, about, he's about getting close to them. He's about showing compassion to them in the most intimate ways. It's uh, really, I think you could say, that the story of Jesus is a story about how serving is hospitality. You'll notice that when they came into the room, it's like Jesus, okay, well, the table's set here, but I'm going to welcome you by washing your feet. Jesus was welcoming them. Serving is hospitality. It's an act of welcoming. It's very relational. It's making people feel special. It's like, it's like being a good host wherever you are. It's inviting people into your orbit. It's, it's letting people into your life. Rabbi Jesus shows that's how you serve. Serve in the most personal ways. Now why don't I think of, for a moment about where do we take this from here? And by doing that, I want you to ask yourself a few questions as you begin or as you continue on this path of serving. If you want to find out like, where it is that God's calling you to serve, some of these questions are really good. They're simple. First one is this. What do you enjoy? What brings you joy? And that might lead you to you know, one of your hobbies or one of your interests. Who are you going to find there? And who can you serve while you're there? It's often the things that bring us deep joy that will find the people and the opportunity to serve. But there's more than that. Uh, on the flip side, there are some things that you see happening in our world, in our community, that break your heart. What breaks your heart? What injustice uh, makes you angry? And it might be something around poverty. It, it might be around uh, some group that's disadvantaged in our community. And you're saying, your heart says, that's not right. That might be your opportunity to serve. Or it might be a cause that you would just, in a heartbeat, give to. Find a way to get involved in that cause locally. Serve in your community. Uh, I, I didn't mention it a couple of weeks ago uh, when it was Father's Day. Uh, but I, I wanted to share with you uh, just a little bit of a picture. Uh, each Father's Day, and we started this last year, but continued this year, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a wonderful organization in our community, and it serves as like a halfway house for people that are trying to get back on their feet again. Uh, some of the people there are uh, recovering from addictions. Uh, other people are just making the transition from maybe the justice system. 
uh, other people, uh, it, they're coming from a lot of different places, but they are beautiful people. And we decided last year that on Father's Day, we would take a moment to bless them. And so, know, do you want to know what you did this Father's Day as you did last Father's Day? So here's what we did. Uh, on your behalf, uh, we, we gave them a gift, a gift to the home itself. And to say, hey, listen, if somebody comes in and, and, and they don't have socks, uh, would you get them socks with this? Or uh, w- would you pick up one of their, their great necessities uh, of their life? It could be, you know, what, some toiletries or whatever, something that they need. But then I thought, well, you know, that's, that's great, but it, maybe we could even be more personal than that. How could we bless them? How could we serve them? And uh, th- there's a dairy bar that's just up the street from them. And so each year, and we did this just this l- last year as well, uh, just the last couple weeks ago, we, uh, we actually got gift certificates so they can have a treat on you at the dairy bar. And I think that's just a fantastic way for us to tell them, hey, you're not forgotten. On this Father's Day, don't know what your relationship is with your family, but I'll tell you this, we care about you. Even though we might not know you by name, we care about you. Here's a little treat for you. And that's a place, you know, that we would just drive by. But now we get a chance to actually say, hey, then we're going to stop. We see you. We care about you. And we're going to serve you. So again, another little example of, of how you can get involved in serving your community. There are tons of opportunities you have to open your eyes and see who needs to be blessed. Just as we land today, uh, I want you to consider this. Because I think, you know, for, for some of us, we can misunderstand what it means to serve. And there's one thing I want to tell you today. Serving is not servitude. Servanthood is not servitude because it's not something that you do for yourself. It's not something you do to earn a reward. It's not something you do out of duty because you have to. It is your choice. You today to choose, is this what I want my life to be about? Is this what I want to be known for? Is this, what, is this how I'm going to bring glory to Jesus? Is this going to be the path that I chart as I am a disciple of Jesus? It is your choice. You are not locked in. It's your choice. Serving is, though, the most powerful witness, and it also aligns you perhaps the most closely with Jesus who was the perfect servant. Your, you see, your primary identity as a follower of Jesus is servant. That's what Jesus is saying in the foot washing. This is how you show the world that you're following me. You serve others. So serve. I, I want to encourage you today, today that as, as we cap off this little series, Strength Finder, That your strength isn't in what you think is your talents, how talented you are. Your strength isn't in how well that you perform. It's not in your performance. It is in your servant heart. That's where your strength lies. Motivated by love, not motivated by showiness or duty. Real strength is in humbling yourself to serve. So I want to challenge you to do that. Serve with your gifts. God has gifted you. He has put his gifts inside of you. Use that. Don't waste one iota of the gifts that God has put inside of you. 
Serve with your experience, too. Right? God has given you experiences in your life. Some of those may have been hardship. And some of those you can use to come alongside others who are going through the same thing. There are experiences that you have that you've learned from that you need to use to serve others. And then thirdly, use your resources. And yeah, I'm talking about finances. But I'm also talking about something maybe even more key and more available for the rest of us that may not feel like we have tons of resources. And that is just simply in that word, available. Your availability is one of your greatest assets if you're going to learn to serve Jesus. This is the way of Jesus. And in fact, later on in John chapter 13, Jesus says that if you let me do this, if you wash feet with me, then you're part of me. It is a way for us to be blessed by Jesus, even in the midst of blessing other people. It is a way for us to be close to Jesus by serving him. And I think that uh, the, the washing of feet here that Jesus does of his disciples, it's kind of like they're commissioning. He's saying, okay, I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to be dying for you on the cross, rising from the dead, and I'm going to be leaving this mission of service to you. Here, I'm going to show you what it's all about. It's their commissioning. It's like Jesus is putting out there saying, okay, are you going to do it now? Are you going to take up the call? And I want to ask this morning, could you just pause for a moment and feel the call of God on your life? Can you feel it? That Jesus is commissioning you this morning to go and serve. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you don't just uh, tell us what to do, but you show us what to do. You lead the way. Jesus, you are the pioneer in, in every important way, Lord, you are. You charted this ground first. You are the perfect servant, Jesus. But we want to follow you now, and I pray that you would put the willingness to be available, to be used by you, that you'd open our eyes to the needs of people around us, and that, Lord, you would help our service in this world to draw attention to you, Jesus, to lead people to you. I pray this in your name. Amen.